You can join the fight to defend employee-funded and association PACs by texting NABPAC to 52886. Message and data rates may apply. Welcome back to the Facts About PACs podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, NABPAC's Executive Director. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam Belmar. Um, how is life on the farm right now? Oh, it's suddenly fall here in central Virginia. Wake up temps in the high 40s. The reds and the browns are reappearing across the panorama. And the deep greens of summer, Michaela, here on the farm, they're fading fast. Gosh, Adam, I love it. For a brief moment, as you were describing that very serene scene, I almost forgot I was here in the midst of chaos. It's a big week here in D.C. But at my house these days, we're focused on bus stop weather. Oh, yes. Bus stop weather. Everybody knows it. And you've got to be prepared. You've got to know your environment. Layers, I always say. That is correct. We are all about the layers. And it's really as true at the bus stop as it is right here in the office. Oh, agreed. I was looking back at all of the episodes we've done in 2021. And if you feed all the transcripts into one of those word cloud programs, the most interesting thing that pops out, meeting people where they are. That phrase, Michaela, that tactic is one that has been invoked time and time again in 2021. You're so right. And while it's not really a revelation, the fact that leaders beyond the communications field are now appreciating this wisdom is very important. Important because how you do it is the real question. And our guest today is an expert in the how. Before you meet people where they are, you have to do your homework. Coming up, Amy Showalter, and the three key questions she says PAC managers must be able to say yes to in order to succeed. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPA activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community, Michaela. Thanks, Adam. And boy, do we have an important NAPPA activity to announce right here in our show, the Facts About PACs. November 10th, the NAPAC 2021 Reconnect Conference in person, National Home Builders Association. More information to come. We are excited to reconnect. And joining us now, Amy Showalter, principal at the Showalter Group, helping associations and corporations increase their grassroots and PAC effectiveness. Welcome to the Facts About PACs podcast, Amy. Thanks, Michaela. Amy, you and your team are a data-driven outfit. You help your clients ask the right questions and infuse the learnings right back into their organization's communications and fundraising work. Your process really starts with discovery. What is their mindset? In other words, where is the audience? Before we jump into three questions with Showalter, give our listeners some background on where you come from professionally. Thanks. Well, I... Started out political science undergrad, MBA, and then went to lobby where I was a lousy lobbyist, I will admit, at the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. And here's why I was lousy is because I felt like facts and my education of elected officials should be enough to persuade them to agree with a particular position. And they're just very logical and therefore present the facts. They will believe you. And it has a happy ending. And then I realized that wasn't the case. I became frustrated with that. And uh, I also realized that when I spent time with our grassroots advocates and volunteers, time went very, very quickly. And I loved that interaction. So went to Nationwide Insurance and managed their grassroots program for a decade or so. 
and then started the show Walter Group quite by accident, actually. But uh, in that process, I'm always leaning forward in my seat, taking notes, definitely, and learned a lot along the way, still learning. And that's what keeps me going. The academic caterpillar that turned into the butterfly, a communicator and consultant. We were excited because obviously as podcasters, we follow your podcast and you are someone who is well known in our community. So when we talk to you about these three questions with Showalter, the questions that you help your clients ask are so fundamental and yet they can lead to really great results. So let's jump into it. What is the very first question that you believe everyone in our audience really should be able to say yes to right now? I believe they need to say yes to, do you know the pack messengers, messages, mediums, and moderators that impact your audience and that persuade them to contribute to your pack? I believe that's critical. What are the methods? What are the M's here? And let's unpack them. Let's get into it and help people understand how you harness the power of these M's in pack management. The first M on messages, we know that what works for one organization may not work in another. And if it did, we wouldn't need NADPAC. We wouldn't need any PAC consultants. We wouldn't need any research. We wouldn't need anything because we would simply take what works and adopt it to their organization. So we have to realize that messages are filtered in different ways, depending on where people are at and their context. It's about knowing what message really matters to them. And you have to do some homework and investigative work. It's PAC CSI is what I call it. really is digging down to find that information. So the message, what is it that moves people? Number two, the messenger, that matters a great deal. We know this intuitively as pack leaders, but are we really trying to find out who the best messengers are? When we have conducted client research, I've been surprised at some of the things we've learned. And it's different for every organization in terms of who is the most persuasive messenger. It's not always your CEO. And so we can't assume that because of a person's title, they're persuasive. There's position power, And there's persuasion power, influence power. Those are two very different things. Amy, I love that you just drilled down on the messenger piece. I think that is a very big component that oftentimes we overlook. It's easy to say it's going to be the CEO or maybe the head of a business unit. Can you talk a little bit about some of the tactics that you work with your clients on to really figure out who the best messenger is? What we'll do is we take contributors and non-contributors and we'll compare know, how they've heard about the pack. And it's not just how you hear about it in general. We get into the weeds a little bit on this. So we'll try to find out when the first time that you heard about the pack, first impressions, we always hear first impressions matter. In personal interactions, they sure matter as well in pack communications. We've learned that. Something I did not think would be an issue, something I personally learned myself when conducting this research. So we know that it really depends on who that is. So we can see a pattern among contributors and who they heard from first, second, third, and the non-contributors and who they heard from first, second, third. And can be good news or bad news for certain organizational players in, in that kind of research, but that's how we unearth that. And Amy, folks are beginning to plan for 2022. Many PACs did sort of dip their toe in and start their solicitations this year. Many haven't. So how much time do our members need to really do that research, kind of backing out a little bit? Is it sort of a three-month, four-month process to really drill down on, on that messenger piece? probably two weeks minimum. And then we've had projects last three and four months. So it depends. If they want to just look at messengers, that's going to be much less intense. You do want to allocate time for it. And this is about having a research culture. 
Do you have a data culture? That's one thing. Do you have a research culture? Most organizations do today. Everyone prides themselves on their data and their research. Why shouldn't PAC leaders? Why shouldn't advocacy leaders? Why shouldn't government relations professionals do that too? We want everyone to be at that level. We want to raise the bar, not do the limbo. You know, Amy Showalter, that is exactly the reason that we try to take on this topic so frequently on the Facts About PACs podcast, because whether it's academia or in communications, corporations, associations, everybody has to have an understanding of what's going on, what's working. And we don't just ask the questions that we know the answers to. We really have to be open-minded and look deep into what people are saying and what they are sharing and how can we correlate things. Let's finish up the M's real quick. So the medium is the vehicle. Is it email? Is it social media? Is it text message? Is it person to person? Okay. So the medium. Then we have the moderator and the moderator is the, the real challenge. The moderator is why you can't have the same packed message from year to year to year. We have to remember that People have abundant information sources today. They're on their own channel. The spotlight of single focused attention is, is on them in their lives. So they really want to know, how does this matter to me? And that moderator, it could be the similarity of the PAC communicator to the PAC audience. Let's say that you found in research that, boy, people really do have personal conversations. That's how they are most likely to contribute to our PAC. But the moderator is who is talking to them. And the moderator, is that a phone call? Was that a conversation at a meeting? Was that a conversation in the hallway? What was that? So moderators are really important in influence and persuasion. And people tend to ignore them a little bit. They just think, well, I've got the messenger and the message, so I'm fine. But it's, it's also about the moderator affects it a great, great deal. And this is so important today. I almost think it's pack malpractice for people, particularly now with everything that happened in the 2020 election and January 6th to not conduct this type of work because your audience has, they're more sophisticated than ever before. They have more access to information sources. I say information, not necessarily truth. So you need to know where their heads are at. Well, I think that that is really key, Michaela. I know that we continue to hear this from PAC managers. The very best of them are hewing to these great tactics. And it's really a strategy overall that Amy Showalter is talking about. You need to be grounded in full knowledge and seeking more truth about what is going on across the enterprise and your process, which I think is going to steer us into the second question with Showalter, which is really about integration, Amy. Explain this relationship between education and persuasion? I have many learning moments in my profession. And one was when I would attend different conferences and I would hear people say, well, we just need to educate people more about the PAC. We need to let them know how the FEC works. We need, and I'm thinking, well, put them in a cryogenic trance. Okay, let, let's do that. <laughs> and that's okay. Education is a part of persuasion. However, in a conversation with my colleague, Dr. Rhodes, he said, Amy, when you look at the data on that, education is not even, the correlation is 0.04, which is weak. When you look at education as an element of persuading someone, it's a piece of it, but it's not the end result. So another aha moment for me that we don't want to quit talking about educating people on the pack, but it shouldn't be the emphasis. It shouldn't be the end all. It's not the end all. It's a step, but it's not the end all. There's a difference between education and persuasion. We have talked a lot about communication at NAPAC, and I love the data-driven piece. And I, I just, I want to go back to what you said earlier that I just think is so important is that what is the education piece that you're talking about? If you're not speaking directly to the audience based on the data you've gathered from your four M's before, how do we know what we're talking about? 
And there's so many different types of people in a PAC solicitation class. You may have engineers, you may have sales folks, you may have technology folks. And so they're going to all hear something a little bit different. And were it not for the data that you've collected over the last several months before you kicked off your solicitation, you really don't know what to say to each of those groups in one solid communication. Amen and amen. You're exactly right. Engineers, researchers, doctors, people in different levels of an organization look at the world differently. So it would be inappropriate for someone to use the same PAC message to different groups, whether by age, which is actually a very elementary way to break things down to a degree. We find more nuances between professions and departments in an organization than we do age. Age, it's very interesting how that works with PAC contributions, but it's that calling of the profession where we see nuance and the responsible PAC manager is going to say, I understand everybody's different. I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to speak to them, as you mentioned earlier, uh, Adam and Michaela, where they're at, but you don't know where they're at unless you ask them, unless you conduct the proper methodology to make that happen. Hallelujah. Okay. Because you just brought a full circle for me, Showalter. This isn't a GPS function on your phone, folks. We're not just going to be able to send out a radar ping and know where everybody's at. You've got to ask. And that is a truism for fundraisers across the board. Nobody's giving without the ask. So refining the ask and knowing who you're asking, when you're asking, how you're asking, all of it makes a big difference. And so as we do educate, and it is a very important. It is not everything. We've got to be able to segment in our own honest minds. When does the persuasion begin? Because we are out there trying to do the best for the organization and the enterprise in this political action committee funded by employees and business trade association members. We all have skin in this game. We're aiming at the same thing. Don't get by that important fact. It's got to be implicit and explicit in the ask. Show Walter, what's third? It's the personal persuasive pack story and your fundraisers have that. Now, and I'm making an assumption that people understand that peer-to-peer fundraising is the most effective approach. That is one thing our research has shown regardless of industry, regardless of age, regardless of profession, regardless of tenure with an organization. It does not matter. That is the platinum standard. So I'm going to assume we're all on that page. Now, (laughs) do the people who are engaging in those conversations, presentations, Zoom meetings, however they're doing it, do they know their why? I believe every one of your PAC fundraisers, your peer-to-peer PAC fundraisers has a why in terms of their engagement, why they contribute. But I believe it's our responsibility to find it, bring it to life, help them share it in a compelling way. That's our job. And I guarantee you that if you engage in that exercise, you will be more motivated yourself. You'll be more energized. You know, story is in our DNA. Narrative is in our DNA. When we're being told a story, we don't feel that we're being cajoled, sold. You know, we're immersed in the plot. But here's the problem. Here's the challenge. People know this. Some of them do it. Some don't. People that do it and say, well, it's not working for me. That's because you haven't tested your stories with a proxy audience. And many people don't know story plot and storyline. And they think that an example is a story. An example is not a story. You know, because I've heard some pack recruiters when we do this kind of trading, they'll say, well, I came to the company and my boss told me that I needed to sign this document to join the pack. I'm thinking, no, time, time, no, 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 that's not the story. <laughs> that's not a persuasive story. Uh, let's talk about something else. And so you can really dig, as I say, that the more you dive, the deeper you dive, the higher you thrive in narrative and story. So you really got to dig and dig and dig for 
the individual's rationale. Why is it when they were eight years old and they went door to door for some candidate that that sparked their interest in politics? That's the story. Not as much, oh, I uh, came here and I realized PAC was important because it affects our business issues. That's all true. I'm not saying negate that, but there's more to it than that. There is more gold there than any of your PAC recruiters and you as the PAC professional realize. See, the PAC professionals also need to know their why. They need to be able to tell their story. They need to be able to tell why they believe in this so much that they're willing to ask people for personal money for a political cause with no immediate return on investment. You don't know if you're going to get anything from that. So it's a very, very challenging persuasion attempt. And the people that do it and do it well are the organization rock stars to me. And I try to help them move to that where everybody knows they're a rock star because it's a really important skill. Amy, I think what you said at the beginning of this discussion on peer-to-peer solicitations and that the research shows that it's the most effective way of raising money and understanding your donor base, truthfully. I think one of the things we should probably talk a little bit about as it relates to that, though, is that you've got to provide the training and the tools to those peer-to-peer fundraisers. And that takes time. You know, it took me personally 10 years to build a very robust peer-to-peer program. And I think sometimes our listeners probably feel a little overwhelmed by what it's going to take to get, you know, they sort of see the end result, but you got to start somewhere. So even if you have three or five, you know, peer-to-peer solicitors Mm -hmm. that you're taking the time to train. You've got to budget for this appropriately. You've got to budget time to train the folks. It doesn't happen overnight. So really, what's the first step in getting this off the ground in like a year one? I would say the first step is to get, and I'm, again, I'm assuming that people have PAC boards. And where I've seen this conducted the most optimally and, and successfully is where you're getting that PAC board together and saying, okay, this is where we want to go. This is why it works. Uh, we know this approach works. in in these ways. And you're going to have data on that and anecdote, both work together on that and have them help you find the best pack champions, pack captains. I've heard all kinds of names for them, whatever you want to call them. Start with them because these people that are on your pack board are probably very skilled in the organization and they're doing well. And so they have colleagues in the organization that are of the same mindset. So we want those kinds of individuals or we want people that have potential that we can move into that space. So that would be my first step. And then As a part of that, though, you have to have a written role description as to what this entails and what it involves. How much time is it going to take? Who am I responsible to? How will I know when I'm successful? What are my success metrics? If I'm going to help you raise money, who do I report to? How much autonomy do I have? Like you said, Michaela, are you going to give me tools? Are you going to give me talking points? Are you going to help me with this? Is somebody going to train me? What's this all about? So you've got to have all that together. And then you can put a broader request out. But you also want to work backward from your fundraising goal. How much money do I need to raise? How many people? Because we've developed a formula for some clients where we know how many face-to-face interactions must take place before somebody contributes. And I know in what venue those have to take place. I mean, that's why they reach their goals really fast is, you know, there's fundraising acceleration and there's fundraising velocity. Those are two different things. Velocity takes you to the right location fast. Acceleration just let you just go fast. <laughs> so, so you have velocity when you know real precisely it's going to take five face-to-face meetings with this person and two follow-ups, whatever it is. And it's different in every organization, but we have our best clients, our best clients know this with like laser-like precision. And that's why they reach their goals really quickly, even in down economies, attrition, layoffs, spin-off of new companies, all these things. They're able to do that. So 
recruit from good people, ask them for their suggestions, have that written role description ready to go where people know what's expected of them and work backward from your financial goals. And that's a start. And then we create a training program for them. Amy Showalter, thank you for bringing your A game, the Facts About Packs podcast. If you want more, you call Showalter at the Showalter Group or you tune into that podcast. Yeah, she's got a podcast. It's called Engagement Edge. Put it on your binge bucket list. Amy, thanks for being with us on the podcast. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Michaela. Well, thanks so much, Amy. And as always, thanks to everyone downloading and sharing the Facts About PACs podcast. As ever, employee-funded and business trade association PACs are the most transparent and regulated form of political giving. And NABPAC is dedicated to defending that record and championing the amazing PAC professionals who lead vital teams. Subscribe and meet us right back here next week for a refreshing and meaningful way your team can invest today in America's Leaders of Tomorrow. We'll talk about the Corporate Allies Program at College to Congress with former Iron Mountain PAC manager, now Development Director at C2C, Daquan Bruce. All that and more coming up on the Facts About PACs podcast.